Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh yeah! Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like it mixed! Ladies and gentlemen, the first chance from Casey Lydon, the first UFC event of 2023 is upon us. We are on the eve of UFC Vegas 67, and while things are far from normal, in the world of MMA, it is nice to feel some sense of normalcy in our lives as tomorrow at the Apex, the athletes, the fighters, the competitors, they take center stage. They will take over the headlines as we welcome you to our first live preview show of the year on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Hack, and I am being joined by a crew first the prince of positivity and amongst many other titles he is my best friend alexander kaylee hey buddy hello my best friend uh, i'd say we're back but we're never really gone are we i think people have seen plenty of our faces and heard plenty of our voices uh, over the past couple of weeks even with no ufc cards but uh but yeah, I, I, as you speak for all of us, we can say we are we are glad to have uh, UFC fights to talk about again. With respect to all the promotions out there that uh, you know already have, have already started off their 2023, I think for a lot of fans, uh, this is this is the beginning of the MMA New Year, uh, UFC Vegas 67. And also joining us, Mister No Gray Area, fresh off of his, I was gonna say his win on BTL against himself, I guess. Jed Mishu! Hello again, sir. How are you? Look, AK, they may have seen our faces and heard our voices, but they haven't heard these horns, AK. The horns of fight week. They're here. We're ready to go. We're down to 11, boys and girls. 11 fights. That is the sweet spot as far as event. I'm loving this, this card more and more every day. If we could get one more fight to drop off... This will be an A minus to start the year for me. <laughs> well, I'm glad I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, Jed. Someone <laughs> tweeted at me, not tweeted at me, but tweeted, quote tweeted, uh, you know, when we lost a fight this morning, which we'll get to in, in a bit. Uh, they should schedule more fights every week, like 20 or so fights, so we get a full card. With the fight cancellation rate, we have never go full we, Bellator. We, we would have 15 fights every week. So, so some fans out there, at least one fan. Uh, wants wants to make sure we have at least fifteen fights every week, so we should be scheduling twenty. And and I guess if nothing gets canceled, what a treat if we had a twenty fight UFC card, right, Jed? Never go full Bellator. <laughs> Look, if you want to watch more fights, I guarantee sure. you, you can find them. There are plenty of them out there. There's um. Let me look it up because there's an event going on right now. You cannot tune into our happy selves and you can instead go look at that. <laughs> I'm trying to think who 
it's not not a big organization. I'll pull it up in a in a second here. It's a uh, caveman cave MMA two from Poland. <laughs> Boom, pop that up. Go go to Caposa. Look at look at his. He he has his list of events. Cave MMA two from Poland. It's there. Got a former KSW champ going on it. You can watch yeah. fights whenever you want. We don't need twenty of them from the UFC. Hey, we got one. Actually, Joseph Bosa, I am not happy we lost that fight. Just we'll so, talk about just it. Just so we're clear. I'm happy we'll we lost a, a fight, not that fight. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this is the first UFC fight card of the year. It couldn't come soon enough for a lot of people. And, of course, the first UFC fight week, the main event takes a hit because a mouth injury knocks Kelvin Gastelum out of the main event with Nasruddin Imovov and Ever the Gamer – Ever the entertainer on top of that, Sean Strickland steps in on short notice for a light heavyweight bout, and he becomes the first UFC fighter since Tito Ortiz in late 2000 and early 2001 to headline back-to-back UFC events. A lot to talk to you fellas about, but AK, Jed started things off by throwing out potential grades. So let's begin with you. A lot of firsts going down this year with this card including this will be your first gymnastics score of 2023. Oh. What you got, man? Give the people what they're here for. I hadn't even thought about it. It's, it's almost unfair to grade it because the main event got changed this week. Um, some would argue this is a, a better main event. I know, um, I mean, Sean Strickland, just by nature of being more active over the past couple of years, has maybe built up more of a fan base than Calvin Gastelum. Um, a lot of people weren't giving Gaslam much of a chance against Imavov anyway. And again, just kind of based on what I'm seeing, they kind of like the Strickland-Imavov uh, matchup from a stylistic standpoint. So uh, I don't know. People could say the card got better. But yeah, we just lost a fight. We're down to 11. We lost the original main event. Uh, some other interesting fights, I'm trying to remember, Kind of, we kind of lost out on... I mean, Jeff Neal Shavkat was at some point tied to this card. It kind of, it, it, it kind of sucks that... Um, that the card has started the way it is. So if I give it a low rating, again, it's not really, it doesn't really reflect the, you know, what the, the matchmakers put together. Um, but I mean, at most, I, I mean, what, this is like an 8 and 8.1, sort of like the bare minimum you can go for a UFC card, 8, 8.1, 8.2, if everything turns out well. Um, we could get a lot of highlights on the uh, on the prelims. You know, there's a lot, a lot of unknown names. We have a, a lot of fights that could be mismatches. Like we'll find out in what direction, you know, uh, what wants to actually step in there. But um, yeah, anytime you have this many unknown properties, you could get a lot of highlights. So prelim could deliver. Main card has some good name value. Uh, I'll go 8.1, 8.2. If you want to go higher, I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't blame them. It's really not a terrible card. Uh, but again, it's it's almost better to just give it like an incomplete rating because it's not what the matchmakers originally put together. Jed Nasruddin Imovov, a guy that we have been very high on. He's coming into his own, it appears. And he had that tough fight with Phil Haas a little under two years ago. Lost a close one there. And since then, three straight wins. He finished Ian Heinish, finished Edmund Shabazian, had a hard-fought decision win against Joaquin Buckley. There are questions that need to be answered before we start crowning him, so to speak. And then we have Sean Strickland on the other side, new opponent on less than a week's notice. Obviously, he's tough as hell. He's coming off two straight losses. The first to Alex Pereira at UFC 276, one of your favorite fights of the year. Got knocked out in that one. And then a month ago, faces Jared Cannonier and loses a super close fight. Now we have Strickland versus Imovov. First main event of the year. Your thoughts the day before. Um, it's a fight. Uh, AK is a generous man to give this a 
8.1 or whatever he is deemed is the the min score we can give because that is not where I'd be on this particular fight card myself. Uh, look, as far as short notice fights go, you could do worse, certainly. Um, the whole weight thing is very interesting. Strickland coming in 10 pounds heavier uh, than Imovov. I know Imovov was into his weight cut, but... I still would have thought he would have come in closer to the 200 limit, uh, two, 200 pounds or whatever. So that's interesting, especially because when they square off, it does not look like Strickland is substantially bigger uh, than Imovov. So that adds a wrinkle. This is a fight that I'd be more interested in with a full camp. I don't think that this is going to play very well for Strickland on short notice, though, frankly, that's... Uh, that's kind of it. I, I I think I would favor Imovov regardless, but certainly part of Strickland's strength is is his volume and his cardio, his ability to continue doing the same thing that he's going to do for all five rounds. And that one of the bigger questions I have is how Imovov holds up in a, in an extended period of combat, you know, in the championship rounds. And now I don't think we're going to get that. I think Gastelum presented much more interesting in cage challenges for Imovov. Dude can't be knocked out with a brick. So Imvov is going to have to fight him for probably the full 25. And Gaslam is more one-shot dangerous than Strickland's going to be. I think this is probably going to be Imovov just being a class above. Certainly with the prep time, I think he's going to show out um, in that regard. So it's not... It, Sean Strickland largely isn't in super fun fights either. So that's a not... It doesn't bode well. I think the Gaslam fight was much more fun. There's a there's a case and a good one that this is more relevant for the middleweight division given their rankings, but you know, not 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 my particular cup of tea this weekend. AK, a lot of people have been asking you. You brought this up as well in the overall grand scheme of things. Did we actually get a better main event? Because I, I kind of I agree with Jen. And I talked about this on BTL yesterday. I feel like we would get more questions answered about Imovov fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Now, obviously, like you said, this is a better opportunity for him. He's fighting a guy that's higher in the rankings, chance to shake things up a little bit at 185. But is this a better fight stylistically for the long term growth of where Nasruddin Imovov wants to go? Not to mention what Jed also brought up. Sean Strickland has a double-digit weight advantage with this fight moving up to 205. So is this the better main event? And and how much do you think that weight difference, how much of an impact do you think that's going to make in this fight? Uh, well, first, compared to Gaston, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, it it, it, it is still, uh, Strickland, I should say, not it. Strickland is still going to present a challenge to uh, Imovov if this goes past the third round he's he doesn't push the pace quite like Calvin Gaslam I think we can all agree on that we could describe some of his uh, m- more lackluster performances as leisurely his sort of leisurely you know sparring striking style so in that sense he's not you know he's not going to create that urgency that uh, a fight with Calvin Gaslam would and and that is unfortunate that that is what we're really missing out on here but I do want to see how how Imovov performs if this goes past the third round um because we've seen mixed results. I mean, uh, he uh, in his most recent fight with Phil Haas, I don't want to say faded, but maybe, maybe just let the foot off the gas. I don't know if it's a cardio issue or more of a focus issue. Clearly, up two rounds, maybe just thought, okay, well, I'm not. I don't want to take any risks against a guy like like Buckley, who's this huge heavy hitter. And then the fight, I think, it was with the one with Phil Haas, was almost the opposite, where because uh, that's the one he lost, right? He lost that one, and he came on late. He came on late in the third, so he's shown that he can. 
he can come in late, but he's also shown that maybe the, the third round isn't that great for him. Now we're going to see p- potentially a fourth and fifth round. I'm mostly a believer that uh, the 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 strong uh, the strong Imova that we saw in the uh, the Haas fight, the one that he lost, is like that that that's there that he is capable of just turning it on third, fourth, fifth round, or 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 like I said, just having consistent performance through five rounds. I believe that is the case. But the question the question is there again, especially with a guy like Strickland who. Maybe not quite as tough as Gaslam. Maybe not quite as as uh, as speedy. Um, as uh, again, it's not not going to put as much pressure on. Uh, but there, there's similar some similar challenges. But I can see there's a disappointment in um, in why people want to see the Gaslam fight. The the weight thing I don't think is a huge issue. Uh, Imavov certainly has shown he'll mix in wrestling. I think he was more inclined to do it in his, against Buckley because he was like he looked like he was like twice Buckley's size, so it just made a lot of sense for him to do it. Um, he could mix it in. We could see some mixing of the martial arts against Strickland, break up that rhythm. You know, it's very important. Certainly, we'll see some grappling. Uh, Imavov has a really strong clinch game, uh, and there, I guess we could see where the weight makes the difference. But I'm I'm betting on fight night. They're not that far apart when they actually step in the cage. Uh, I I can't imagine. I know on the scales it was 10 pounds heavier for Strickland, but once uh, Imavov rehydrates, it can't be more than, I don't know, a three or four pound weight difference. So, so that to me is pretty much a non-factor. I, I don't think that weight is uh, is as dramatic as it looked on the on the scales of the officials. Yeah, I didn't I didn't take a ton away from Imavov sort of fading away in the Buckley fight because he probably had just like a super adrenaline dump fighting at Paris and the crowd behind him and. Things got a little testy between those two guys. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But what is actually at stake here, Jed? I mean, Strickland needs this one for sure. It's very difficult to come back from three straight losses in this division, more so with how it's been shaping up with Pereira. Will he run it back without Asanya? Whitaker not fighting cost anymore. So you don't know what's happening there. What's Hamzak going to do at this point? Like, there's a lot going on. We got surging contenders. Imovov is rolling. He's probably noticing guys like Roman Delize getting a huge fight with Marvin Vittori. Like I said, he could certainly shake things up here. But what's actually at stake here? It's a short notice fight. Is there a lot on the line here? Kind of. Actually, yeah. Because, I mean, if the UFC wants to throw Strickland the bone because he's jumping in, cool. But if he takes three losses, he's done. We're done with him as a serious contender. We're probably done with him as a contender anyway, because the truth is Sean Strickland isn't that good. He's exceedingly competent, but I've frequently called him and pretty much stand by this. that He's a poor man's Marvin Vittori and Marvin Vittori got a title shot and didn't win it and won't win it. Uh, Sean Strickland is just a step down. He probably won't ever get to the title shot. He's just a competent guy who's going to make anybody in there work for it but isn't going to beat most of the best people and so if he takes a third loss in a row here that even if they want to do him a favor because he did them one which is never guaranteed with the ufc either certainly you know they say that they got your back but they they might still just toss him to bo nickel or some shit you know so he he really needs this win and he did not position himself well for it but you know maybe it'll work out for him and conversely, you know, Imavov probably needs it less. He's younger, has a brighter future. But this is a big, in the UFC rankings, jump up for him. I think Strickland's seven in the UFC's rankings right now. Imavov is on the fringe of the top 15. Maybe he's like 14 or 13, something like that. So this will be a big step up for him if, if he goes out here and gets this win, even on the short notice in the circumstances. And even though it's not at middleweight, you know, it's a light heavy 
he's still going to replace Sean Strickland in those rankings. And then we're talking one, maybe two fights from a title shot there. So there are kind of a lot. There are more stakes to this fight than there were with the Kelvin Gastelum fight, actually. I even if I think the fight itself is less compelling than the Gastelum one was. So according to the UFC rankings, not that they matter, because um, we know which rankings do matter. Uh, Imovov is ranked 12th and Sean Strickland is ranked number seven. But do you agree with that, AK? Who, like who needs this one more in your opinion? Uh, I don't know if Strickland needs it that badly just because he's such a well-liked He's so well-liked in the eyes of the of the company at this point. He's taking the fight on short notice. I mean, on less than a week's notice, uh, two weeks or three weeks. I should say a month. I guess we're almost three months or three weeks, a month now um, since uh, the, his last fight. It, it's not going to hurt him too badly to take a loss. Um, he has every excuse in the world. Again, he's on a, you know he's on a losing streak. He's facing a guy one of the one of the hottest names at 185 right now. That guy was preparing for a fight. He wasn't. Um, it, it's. It would suck. I mean, three straight losses for anyone in any division, especially someone with, uh, you know, I, I probably who still thinks he can contend for a title someday in Sean Strickland. I have three straight losses. Boy, that's going to send you back a far away, especially when you're not like a highlight machine. You're not a guy who can, you know, just get just rattle off two or three straight first round knockouts and get back in the title contention. So it's going to hurt him in that sense. Um, Imavov, I, I don't want to say there's that much pressure on him. But he is I, I haven't seen the odds, but I have to imagine he's, you know, at least what, at least two to one, uh, at least minus 200. Uh, Jed, is, no. that, is that accurate? No, no, no. Minus what is one, he? Minus one. He's minus 135. They should always should be back in a betting. AK. Should, they, should I be betting on MMA again? <laughs> they opened as a pick them, I think. Yeah. Uh, if, if they didn't open as a pick them earlier this week when we were recording No Bets Bar, the fight oh. was a pick them. Uh, yeah, I'm. It, it is a lot of respect. I, I really do think it comes down to the fact that Strickland's been in a bunch of five-rounders and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, h- how Imovov looked down the stretch uh, against Buckley and maybe maybe fading a little bit and mm. they're just giving some respect. But I'm with you. I think this line's way off. I don't love Strickland coming in on short notice. I don't love Strickland coming in off of a five-round loss, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm a yeah, little it's- surprised by how close this line is. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to like downplay this main event too much, but it does feel like neither guy gains a ton with a win. I mean, I'm speaking for myself now. I, I don't feel either guy gains a ton with a win. I don't feel either guy loses a ton with a loss. Uh, honestly, I, I almost feel like the result of this fight by the end of 2023 – I don't want to say we'll we'll have forgotten about it. I mean, that's really true with almost anything in MMA. Um, you know, after friggin' six six weeks, much less a whole year. Um, but I, I do feel like it's a solid main event uh, from a competitive standpoint. But gosh, how much stakes are on the line? Um, Imovov gets uh, five not, spots in the UFC's rankings. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a big it's jump. The U- it's the UFC's rankings, though. Who really? Can, no. Also, uh, is it? It's also possible. You never know. Sometimes they do the. Think about drop. how many years. He Roman uh, Drew Dober is going to have to fight sure. at lightweight to move up five spots. Where in a decade well, he will get what if, through five spots? What if instead they drop? <laughs> what if? Hold on, we've seen how screwy the rankings are. What if instead they drop Strickland and like you know to like nine and then move him up to like eight or something? You know what I mean? Like it's possible. It'd be I, weird. I, I, could, I guess I could see that. Yeah, and it's well, the same thing really, can happen with ours. The, the biggest winner this week will be Roman Delizze. Then 
Yeah. And, and same thing can happen with ours. Like I think Imavov, so we have Strickland tied for 11. I'm pretty sure Imavov would just take the 11th spot. Pretty sure, I don't think he's, I don't think a win over Strickland, no matter how it happens, happens, excuse me, gives him enough juice to like take a top 10 spot. I, I just can't imagine even like 15 second knockout. I still don't think he's goes in the top 10 um, over some of the established names. Though I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If, if the, a uh, huge win, people might say, hey, he's looks, better than Gagar I'll probably bump him. Yeah. I, I currently I have him at 14 and I have Strickland at 15, but yeah. Oh, you I, already have him above him. Yeah. I'm very willing oh. to believe that like if, if he, again, I, we've talked about this on several shows. I love, I love potential. If he shows something in this fight, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to move him up there. Oh, so we'll okay, see. he could we'll go see up for a big jump in the Jed Mashu rank. We, we don't we talk about the UFC rankings. We talk about the MMA fighting consensus rankings. We don't talk about the stakes in the Jed Mashu rankings quite enough because what it won't be we that know, big. No, but we know a big I performance. Could, it can it, you can I, soar up the Jed rankings. Jake Matthews jumped into my welterweight ranking. <laughs> you know, one we don't hit now, <laughs> You weren't the only one. Where was he? Where was he, Jed? Where did you put him? Either, uh, he was either in, either number 10 or just outside the top 10. And that was a, uh, that didn't 10, age but... all that well. Was he number 10? Yeah. That didn't like, age he looked, all that well. He looked like a top 10 welterweight in that fight with Andre Fialia. All right. He'll always have that. People, he looks so can, good. Watch anyone watch that fight in isolation. You'll think you're watching a top 10 welterweight. Okay. So I don't he blame did. you, Jed. That, that's what I was like, top 10 guy. He's he's finally putting the pieces together. He's still only 25. Sky's the limit. And then Matthew Simmelsberg is like, oh, I'm just a really good athlete and you can't deal with that. It's like, shit, you're right. And listen, maybe go. this happens for Imovov on Saturday. I don't know. Maybe this happens for Imovov. Yeah, Sean Strickland's not that good of an athlete is a problem. <laughs> if, right, I think so, if he wins impressively, yeah. I'll probably move him up around the top 10. I don't that's know. It depends on how I'm maybe, feeling about Jared Cannonier, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's what I meant is maybe he maybe he puts on a career best performance and has us all going like, oh, like he would have mm-hmm. killed Gaslam or he would, you know, he's ready for a top five guy. We'll see. We'll see. So, Jed, are, are you going with Imovov here? Is that your pick? Yeah, I'm going with Imovov for sure. AK. Yeah, I like Imovov too. It's uh, Jed said it right at the top. A lack of prep time for me is huge. Um, Sean Strickland, I know a guy who's in the gym all the time, but huge difference between a guy who's you know regularly in the gym and staying in shape, and a guy who's actually actively preparing for a fight. Um, full full training camps for both men. I think Strickland has a much better chance uh, of pulling off the upset. Uh, I, I think the odds the the odds that that we mentioned would make a lot more sense to me. Imovov just being like minus one thirty five in that range would make a lot more sense if both guys were on full yeah. camps. But preparation definitely matters. Uh, so yeah, and, and I think Imovov is very different than Jared Cannonier. So it's not like just going from Jared to Imovov is like, oh, no, no big deal. It's like hugely different, I think, style wise. So um, yeah, I got I got to lean with Imovov by decision. Yeah. Uh, let me also jump in just because I see a comment here from some Nathan Baker. Uh, I think no, it's not somebody. Somebody in the comments like, oh, Strickland fought a month ago. He's not that out of shape. That's not really how this works. Um, you your fight preparation is to peak, like you you are fighting for a date, and your entire camp is built to peak at a specific time. So why like fighters don't like it when fights get pushed back a week because it fucks everything up. So this is he's not going to be like just straight coming off the couch or whatever. Like and he's a, he's a fit dude and does it, but there's a world of difference between I was preparing for a main event a month ago. And I'm fighting on four days' notice tomorrow. Like it's it's just not the same. I do think, despite the short notice, 
Uh, this is going to be a very, very close fight. I think it's going to be super competitive. I actually think it's going to be sort of a game of inches in a lot of ways. And I don't expect AK to your detriment. And maybe maybe you're happy that I'm going to say this. I don't expect a lot of mixing of the martial arts here. Uh, Strickland has pretty good takedown defense. I don't see any Muff being able to take him down at will. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see a, a ton of fireworks here if, if we're being honest with this late switch up, but I do think Imovov will be able to create, create, at least create some separation in some of these rounds. I think he'll have some bigger moments on the feet. I think when we look back at the stats, Strickland's probably going to outvolue him in almost every round, but I think Imovov will just have the bigger moments in the fight. So I will go with Imovov to win a decision. This is going to be close. Um, yeah, I'll go with the Imbov to, to edge it out. And I, I do think it's going to be a very close fight, but we'll see what happens. That's why they get in the cage and do it. And we just make calculated guesses here. So the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. That's the main event. I do want to touch on the co-main event because I think the fight is pretty awesome. Danny Gay taking on Damon Jackson. And Jed, we got two guys on different trajectories right now. We have action. Jackson, who's won four in a row, opened a lot of eyes with his most recent win over Pat Sabatini. And then we have Dan Ige entering this fight with three straight losses. But the last few years for this guy, just going through the ringer, one of the tougher slates, one of the tougher resumes, Mirsad Bektich, which doesn't mean a ton now, but it meant a little bit more back then. Then Edson Barboza gets two wins there. Loses the main event decision to Calvin Cater in a pretty fun fight. Knocks out Gavin Tucker, who was tearing it up heading into that one. Loses a main event to Korean Zombie. Lost a competitive decision to Josh Emmett, who's about to fight for the interim title. And then he gets chucked in there with freaking Mavzar of Loyev, who has all the makings 
of a future title challenger. Jed, this is a fantastic fight. It's a big and important spot for both guys. I love it. Your thoughts on it. Full agree. It's a great fight. Uh, it's. I don't think you can run this as a main event, which is, I think, why the UFC felt compelled to find a replacement uh, for Imovov. But it's a... I, I don't want to put words in AK's mouth. To me, this is a co-main event, though. This is not a penultimate fight. Uh, and I'm really interested to see what Damon Jackson looks like. You know, he came in the the Pat Sabatini win, uh, especially given the circumstances, the personal tragedy, and that is his best performance. Uh, if he comes out with that kind of energy, that kind of fire, it could be a really bad night for Dan Ige. Um, I, and I'm I'm just not sure. I, I think that this is maybe Damon Jackson has turned a corner since the Ilya Tapuri loss, but th- this is a, a, a great benchmark to figure out. Has he, is he about to make his run uh, or, you know, did, has he just been flying high on a couple of easier opponents? Cause he is the toughest guy he's fought since Tapuri. Like no, no questions asked there. And on the other side, Ige lost four or five the, as you mentioned, a run of absolute murderers, but he, you know, he lost them all, and, and that is when you've lost three in a row and four or five, that that can get to you mentally. You know, like, well, shit, man, maybe I don't have it. Where, how does he react? Because this is a big step down, or at least it seems like a big step down in competition compared to the other, the level of the other dudes who's fighting. So, this fight's awesome. Um, it's it's really compelling. I'm very interested in what happens. And I got I'm going with my boy Damon Jackson because he and I share a birthday. So my birthday brother, Action Jackson, let's go, baby. So right now, according to DraftKings, Danny Gay, small favorite, minus 125, the comeback on Action Jackson, plus 105. AK, what do you think of this fight? And go ahead and check out a prediction. Yeah, I, I think as people know, I'm I'm pretty big on strength of competition. Um, it's why Tony Ferguson is still ranked in the top 10 of my personal uh, MMA fighting global rankings. <laughs> uh, if you haven't, so- go listen to the uh, airing of grievances <laughs> episode of the ranking show because uh-huh. good heavens did we let AK have it listen, for that. Listen, it was all with love. It was all with love and I accept it. And, no, there's and, no and love for me. And- <laughs> no love. Oh, well, okay. Well, disdain. That- your words did sting the most, I will say. Uh, but it means a lot. And when you look at the records of Danny Gay and Damon Jackson recently, uh, Mike just ran down again. Avloyev, Emmett, Korean Zombie, some other names. Uh, and Damon Jackson has been like fine people, but like Dan- Daniel Arguetta, who's fighting on today's card. Um, oh, sorry, excuse me, Saturday's card. Camilla Kirk, who's okay. Like this, he's eaten some decent names, but Ige has faced a much tougher competition. Uh, and that to me matters. Uh, he's younger. He's about three years younger. He's got a few less pro fights. There's just, just that little bit less mileage there. So I, I think I'm leaning towards the, uh, the slightly favored fighter, Dan Ige to, to break his streak. Um, Damon Jackson is really, really good. I'm glad he got this fight. He deserves a ranked guy. I, I, I don't know if Dan Ige, is he still in the UFC rankings? Uh, 13 i'm looking now 13 13 13, yep yeah which is Uh, a bit surprising but okay (laughs) again again i think 
I will say, I think a lot of the voters, whoever it is that votes in the UFC, uh, are a little bit like me. They're a bit rigid. They can be a bit rigid with like moving people up and down. And and then they look at like, oh, he beat Mirsad Bektish. Oh, he beat Edson Barbosa. And yeah. I think that, Bar- they, that Barbosa They still have wins. Edson in the rankings. Right. So if they have him there, I guess they're doing MMA math like I would and be like, oh, well, Ige beat him. So how can how, – how, if we have Barbosa in, how can we take Ige out? So that sort of thing. So that, that win has helped him to stay almost like a relevant name aside from, of course, the guys he's that he keeps getting put in, in – big uh, notable featherweight fights but that win over Barbosa has done a lot of heavy lifting as far as like oh is Danny Gay a featherweight contender it's like yeah he beat Edson Barbosa um, but I do think I do think um, like I said the, the, those kind of performances are meaningful uh, the fights with the Vloyev and Zomb- uh, Zombie weren't like particularly close if I recall I, I, I don't recall there being much like controversy there so he kind of showed he's a step you know below that level is Damon Jackson a step a step above where he is now that's the question um It'd be cool. It'd be cool to see Damon Jackson win. Maybe have a num- uh, have a numbers next to his name in official rankings for sure, and maybe maybe uh, crack the global rankings. They may fight in global rankings, but I am leaning towards uh, EK decision win. Uh, and Jed, I will disagree on this though. I don't think it is a legitimate co-main event. I think it's a really cool. I think it's a good fight. I think if we wanted to do Boo. a co-main event, I'm sorry, wow. I didn't want to do a co-main saying- event. Uh, there is a better co-main fight, yeah, from a name brand value, but that's going to be the worst wise. fight of the whole year. And you don't so, know. Listen, Vera Pennington. Vera Pennington. <laughs> that's going to be a fourteen minutes of of hugging along the fence, and listen. maybe a little bit of boxing until we get into those clinches. That that Ketlin. fight is going to be misery. Ketlin Vera might get a title shot off of this win. I don't know. It's certainly possible. So there's that stakes to it. It features two of the top six in our two. According to our, I agree. Rankings, I'm not saying that the, wouldn't be a co-main yeah, event. Two of the two of the top six best fighters in the illustrious women's bantamweight division. Uh, so that should be for me. That would be a more appropriate co-main. I think Ige Ige Jackson is a fine penultimate fight. If you want to call it a penultimate fight, I agree. Uh, by definition, it is fight. a penultimate fight. So it is. I'm sorry. Yes, by, de- by the barest definition. But it's a good penultimate fight. I should say. I, 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 my emphasis is on the word fine. It's a fine penultimate fight. It's not just a penultimate fight. It's fine. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, but it is not a real co-main event. Uh, if they had put Vianna and Pennington there, I would say that is a real main event. Co-main, excuse me. It has stakes to it. Uh, but really no fight on this is is knocking down the door as like a as like oh this is such a huge I, huge match i can't matchup. believe you don't think ig jackson's a co-main what's yeah, the you're the, it, you're the, you're, you're the no, prince I, of picking you're the prince great, of picking this now it's a fun fight but what are the i have certain criteria it's got to have like some sort of either like a huge fan like a huge fan favorite in it like i like damon jackson i don't think he's a fan favorite i don't know if that's accurate he should be he should be, but I don't think he has that kind of following. Well, the winner of be- this guy is probably in our top 15 or just outside of it. Hopefully, You've got two, uh, two of-, of the 25 best fighters in the sure. world in their weight class. Yes. And if we're talking again, if we're comparing featherweight and like women's bantamweight, make, being in the top 25 of featherweight, frankly, is probably more meaningful than being a top it's, 10 women's it's, bantamweight. It's about <laughs> the same as being in the top 10 of women's bantamweight probably, if probably. we're there. So it's just that I'm shocked. I thought for sure you'd be like, hey, we're getting a no. Again, I'm fully on board. The Vieira, Vieira Pennington should have been, frankly, the ha- the the best thing the UFC has done this year thus far is replace Kelvin Gaslam because I had a real fear that we were going to get Vieira Pennington would be moved into the main event spot and they just drop Imavov off and then whew, this would be a tough, 
tough hang if that's your main event the the, the weird thing is uh uh heaven forbid if should you know between now and saturday night that main event somehow falls off you know Baron pennington will become the, it has to be, be yeah, it has to be right as long as that's only three rounds but if they did the well we dropped it out so we're moving into five jess oh <laughs> no words but hey it is the it is the first women's bantamweight fight since October. So yes, celebrate. You know, the division, we're breaking ground. The it's historical is moved. No matter who wins, it will create some sort of movement in the division. Not in our rankings necessarily. Bayer just holds her spot, but but Bayer will theoretically something will have happened. Number one contender. Yeah, Bayer will be a number one contender, or Raquel Pennington will be the third best women's one thirty five in the world. Well, uh, for I think this is the co-main event. Uh, I'm leaning Danny Gay. I, I think this fight week means a lot to him, sharing the card with Puna Soriano. These are lifelong buddies who, as kids, dreamed of being on a UFC card together, and it's finally happening, and they're fighting in back-to-back fights. So I think he's fired up. It's going to be a battle, but in the end, I do think Ige, like AK said, he's a bit more battle-tested, has fought the way tougher competition, and I think that will ultimately be the the difference maker here. rest of this main card, mentioned Puna Soriano. He's fighting Roman Kopulov. That should be a lot of fun. I doubt that goes to the cards. We have Ketlin Vieira and Raquel Pennington, high-stakes women's bantamweight fight. We have... Umar Nurmagomedov versus Hayoni Barcelos kicking off the main card. And Jed, I want to turn this over to you because... The betting odds on this one are just off the charts. Umar Nurmagomedov, as of right now, is a minus 950 favorite. Even my dog is stunned by this news. This just seems surprisingly high, doesn't it? It's a very, very high line. Um, We talked about this in No Bets Barn, and Connor and I were basically just shooting it about like, all right, well, at what price? Because we like – I, I don't want to speak for him all the way here, so I'll just go to me. I like Hany Barcelos. He's a great fighter. He theoretically presents some challenges for Umar. I think Umar is probably better all around, frankly. But Umar's game thus far has felt like it is really reliant on wrestling. He certainly hasn't really had to operate without it. Uh, and so Hany Barcelos is a good defensive wrestler. If he can shut the takedowns down – how how does that play? Does that play at all? So that you can convince me that Hounie has a real chance to win this. The truth is I don't actually think he will. And so we were just talking like what at what point do we feel the price is big enough that might as well take a shot? I think if you got Hounie up to like a thousand, then that that number just feels so big. But even at this, at these odds, I'm like, I don't I kind of feel like I'm lighting $20 on fire or whatever if I if I just throw the 20 spot down on a Hione because Umar's going to win this because he's Umar might be the best band way in the world. <laughs> like we, it, it, like he's not he hasn't proven that by any regard, but I would struggle to pick against him against just about anyone in this division uh based on what I've seen and kind of the the talk around him. So it's I understand it. This line to me is priced entirely to say, hey, don't don't even think about betting on Umar. Just don't even – we don't want to pay out tickets on Umar Nurmagomedov, so here you go. And I think that that's an okay you know, okay way. I may or may not uh, have a, a bet down on a Honey Barcelos by decision at plus 1,200. So, you know, 
feel free to do with that information what you will, but I'm not I'm not banking on that one hitting. Very strange. Those odds are are just crazy. AK, I, what, I, um, what do you think yeah, of these I'm, odds? I'm looking at Bracellus' uh, his, odds history according to Topology. Uh, he's got odds makers feeling some kind of way because – Okay, so I'll just go real quickly. His UC debut, Kurt Hollibaugh, was an underdog, plus 150. Uh, he won that by knockout. Chris Gutierrez, his second fight, minus 500 favorite, which it seems crazy now, and he won by submission. But that still seems crazy knowing that we know how good uh, Chris Gutierrez is now. So he was minus 500. Minus 1,100 in his next fight. Uh, we're talking about Barcelos, by the way, not, not Nermi. Minus 1,100 over Carlos Huachin, which was fine. Uh, he fought us. He fought another American man of his next fight, Saeed, minus 105. Um, Khalid Taha, minus 435, minus 225 if, against Timur Valiev. He lost minus 500 against Victor Henry. He lost minus 240. So, uh, Trevin Jones. So, all his fights are like, except for the Saeed and fight, are like he's either hugely favored or, in this case, I think this is the first time he's ever been a huge underdog. So, very, very weird betting okay. history for, for Rahouni. <laughs> AK, so this is funny because we also talked uh-huh. about this in our best card. The other side of this, right? Instead of the Howney part, look at look at Umar. U- Umar's the same he is the same size of a favorite <laughs> over Howney Barcellus as he was over Nate Maness. And wow. no disrespect to Nate Maness, but Howney Barcellus is a better fighter than Nate That's like why what are we Brian Kelleher, he was a minus nine hundred favorite against Brian freaking Keller, who's a damn good fighter. Like it is it's a very weird betting line uh, on this card for wow. sure. The lowest that uh, Umar has been in his three UFC fights, minus 540 for his debut against Sergey Morozov. Morozov? Yeah, minus yeah. 540. That's, Mor- that's still insanely high. That's like a massive, yeah, massive favorite. High. Damn. I mean, at, at the same – minus 950 is basically 90% to win though, which that doesn't feel wrong, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's 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 a wild it's a line. Bantamweight uh, is insane. It just looks it just looks big. Yeah, we will get to the peeps in a moment, but uh, real quick, AK low key banger, low key so, banger. Nothing on the main card. Oh. Let's dig deep here. This whole prelims is like it's so intriguing to me. We have some great debuts: uh, Mendonca, uh, Claudio Ribeiro, Rebecca, Jimmy Flick coming back. Uh, so if I have to pun, I am most interested. I'll go. It seems so easy to pick the um, the prelim main event as or the prelim headliner, but I am really intrigued by Javid and uh, Mateus Mendoza because uh, Javid is someone who I think has all the makings of a top fifteen bantamweight, but they're throwing him in there with a super super dangerous guy making his UFC debut, uh, undefeated. I mean, he's got his like he's got his own hype behind him. They are not protecting either of these guys. Uh, I, I think it's it's one of those fights that I, I sort of just touched upon this earlier in the show, like, you know, looking back uh, at, the, at, the, at 2023 when we do it in, uh, in December, one of these guys I feel like will be ranked, and only one of them, only one of them, and it could be the winner of this fight uh, that really sets the tone for their 2023 campaign. So I think either Javed or Mendoza will be will be somewhere in the top 15 of the MMA fighting global rankings by the end of the year. I think both guys are that good, and I honestly have no idea who to pick yet. I have not finished my predictions for this event, uh, but my eyes are, I mean, listen, the bantamweight division is just on fire. It's so damn good. And um, I love that uh, we got one opening the main card, closing out the prelims. Really exciting. So, yeah, I'll go, I'm going with sort of the obvious prelim pick here. But there's – I'd say like almost every fight on the prelims has some like legitimate intrigue to it. Jed, what you got? 
Oh, AK is super wrong um, on all <laughs> fronts. I don't. I don't think every fight is some level of intrigue. I care very little about most of this undercard, but and this is not. I'm not here to tell you that this is going to be a particularly high level fight, uh, but it buckle up, baby, because for seven minutes or less, Abdul Razak Al Hassan and Claudio Ribeiro are just gonna throw them, and some dude's gonna get nuked because that's. That that's how Hibero fights, man. That dude's been out of the first round like once in his career, some some dumb number like that. He is coming to absolutely slaughter people. And Abdul Razak Al Hassan has had some kind some fights that on paper looked like like they should be a similar build. Uh Walking Buckley is Chaos Williams? No, Chaos Williams was fun. That fight was a knockout. Yeah, yeah. Like it, was it was short. It was short. There was, was another fun. one that yeah, there was another one that was supposed to be that like had the same feeling I do with Buckley that kind of didn't deliver, but for the most part, this dude's gonna chuck him. And Hibero is for sure just gonna get after it. So I uh, this is this probably ends in the first round. I would be really surprised if this goes to the scorecards. You're gonna get your violence quota filled up on this one for sure. That's my pick all day. I think I think like I, I I agree, but it's just like n- there's no division where that disappoints quite like middleweight, and that's my fear is that is that on paper the perfect matchup, and then we get again possibly one of the one of the less memorable uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan fights. But yeah, on paper this should be a first round knockout. This shouldn't last longer than a minute. But it's middleweight; you just never know. Hey, maybe we'll get D D one Abdul Razak Al Hassan, and all bets <laughs> will be completely off. Where's the um, judo? I'm Where's go- the judo? Yeah. Great question. Um, I'll probably just just to be different. I'll, I'll, you mentioned the Jimmy Flick fight. I, I'm definitely intrigued by this because I have no freaking idea what we're going to see from Jimmy Flick. I have no clue. And Johnson's a tough out for anybody. Battle former LFA champs. I, I like that fight. Um, another one where the odds seem kind of out of whack right now um, with Johnson being a minus 345 favorite. Whoa. Kind of surprised by that. Um as you mentioned earlier, we did lose a fight. Sajara Eubanks is out against Priscilla Cachuera. Weight management issues for Sarge, which unfortunately has been a tale that we've heard many, many times. Uh, Jed, why, why are you so upset? I, I know you're Because I was okay going to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Priscilla Cachuera plus 200 underdog ticket, and I felt really good about it. And I would have felt even better if Sajara Eubanks had fought while compromised because of her weight cut. And then now it didn't. And so now my first bet of the year is not a plus 200 underdog that I feel good about. It's Jimmy Flick, Charles Johnson under one and a half, which I don't feel great about, but maybe we'll cash anyway because flyweight unders historically have been a good thing for us. We'll see if that continues this year, but it's a bummer. There, you could have lost basically any other fight on this undercard, and I would have been way cooler with it. Well, there you go. Um, 11 fights total, not a bad number at all, as this one will lead, lead into the first pay-per-view of the year next weekend with UFC 283. So, The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's bring in our wonderful producer, E. Casey Lydon, Mr. 3024, Mr. Cauliflower Ear. And he's going to put up some questions from you, the peeps. What do we got? Hi, peeps. Hi, Casey. Right. Oh, oh, by the way, before you get to that, I will close the poll. People, please start oh, sending poll. your questions. Oh, you yes. Uh, we what were we polling? Uh, we, we got a plenty of feedback. Oh, almost 500 people replied. Uh, who wins the UFC? Just who wins the main event? And uh, very close. Very close. Nasruddin Imavov, 54%. Very close. A lot of respect for Strickland. Puts the betting lines pretty close to correct then. Yeah. People like the matchup, yes. yeah. People, the the oddsmakers done it again. They're gonna. They're definitely gonna making money off somebody this weekend. Look, Vegas knows what they're doing. It, Vegas does not does not not know what they are doing. <laughs> so, what was the general? What was the? So this line is closer than the gasoline line, I assume, right? Uh, it's it's a little further now, I think. I, I well, I don't know. Hold on, let me pull it up. I'm trying to remember what the gasoline line was. I'll I'll pull that up, but. I feel like that one opened pretty close too, but uh, uh it got up to minus two twenty five for Imovov. It's opened up minus one ninety. He was that high. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Uh then yes, this is closer, which is very surprising. Yeah, I think I I think I thought this on, one, I thought on the only rankings closer. that matter, the MMA fightings, world rankings, I'm pretty sure I have Imovov the highest ranked. Amongst mm. all of us, I will check this now. I would, um, I would bet I, money that that is true. I will yeah. check this now. You definitely have him the highest ranked. You have him in the top ten. Nobody else is going to have him there. If yeah, have, if I don't, I have, then I have, nobody I have, else. I have, is I have him at there. number ten. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have Strickland in my top fifteen. So you do not. He is yeah. not in your top fifteen. So yeah, no, what have Kelvin? Uh, well, I, I have Strickland at there. fifteen. So you know. He he is just hanging on. So the only one of us did. So Gui had is only one of the few people that have Imov behind Strickland, right? Or no, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I, I think, think I think I think most yeah, yeah. everyone does. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Okay, most of us do. Because yeah. oh, I'm just the only person. Some people. In. Oh, and Mike as well. Mike also has Strickland. Uh, I just has don't Imov have Strickland in my top fifteen at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jed, yeah. Jed, you have a few people. So we're about I, split. Yeah, I've moved on from the Strickland. We're pretty but. close to split, but yeah, most yeah. most people are rocking that the right, right. traditional Strickland in front. All right, uh, okay. Do, do, right, do, what do, do we got? Do. With the weight mismanagement, is Sarge being dishonorably discharged? A plus question. The, the <laughs> watch great. riot. Nice done. Nicely done. Oh, well, done. well done. Well uh, done. I mean, if we're not, you. I don't know how you feel, AK, but if we're not. If we're not there, we are – I mean, the door is open. It's just – the UFC is just kind of 
give her one last nudge out. Maybe they just give her like a really tough fight next. I don't know, but make make her fight at not a good look. No bantam weights. I don't get it. Just you're the promotion. He, she can show up at one twenty seven if she wants to, but just have her fight at bantam weight. She was know. there. She she wanted to go back. I know, but I'm saying, but the UFC controls that. They can't, you know. They just say, well, we'll give you a fight at bantam weight or else move on. You know, I don't. This fight was a flyweight, right? Yeah. It was a flyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've seen this question, uh, this as well as why has she been sort of in the good graces of the UFC for so long? It's and it's an interesting question. Um, she has missed weight officially twice at the, for fights that she showed up for. Casey, we no. remember that. Yeah, this doesn't count as official she, weight miss either, by the way. Oh, definitely, yeah, she never, she didn't show up to the weight. Yeah. So she's only officially missed, like, t- made, hit the scales and missed twice. We're not counting the Ultimate Fighter finale, which, again, she was she did not show up to weigh-ins for because she had kidney failure. So if you want to talk about how many times we've talked about her weight issues, it's been four solid times. But that, you, yes. If you don't show up because your <laughs> kidneys fail, uh-huh, that's uh-huh. missing weight. I don't Hashtag care. Hashtag rules rule, Jed. It is not classified as a weight miss. All right. I don't make the rules around here. I'm just it's, saying. It's a, oh. If your body physically rejects its own uh, listen, organs, uh-huh. you, you didn't make weight. Yeah. Casey, we were – oh, no, I, we I 100% agree. I'm just saying technically like the UFC. When yeah, they, yeah. Won't, they won't count this as a weight miss. If, if yeah. it's a, she miss. got sick and it's undisclosed or whatever, like they sometimes do, there was <laughs> right. an undisclosed illness. I'm willing to be like, well, okay, maybe she did catch the cold. Maybe her kidney failure because they, of dehydration. Maybe they failed. Maybe they failed no. for other reasons. Maybe the kidneys failed for other reasons, Jed. I don't know. But C- Casey, we were together for that one. We were historically in, just fail. Yeah, we were on site for that because. Uh, I can't remember where we were, but we were definitely together. We were with Ariel too. And then we were so excited because Roxanne ended up getting the title fight instead. Uh, and then ended up losing to Nico Montano. And then that was uh, in Nevada. So if you were on site, it was in Nevada. Is that where maybe we're is it Paradise was, Theater? We, we, well, I can't have been in Nevada. I was with okay. you guys for some reason. Maybe we weren't we're in Nevada. Park Theater in Paradise, Nevada. But well, we I wasn't there. there I wasn't there. I wasn't there. We watched but it. I was with but I was with you guys. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other side story. But we were yeah. so excited because we, we thought Roxanne was going to win a UFC title. Then Nico Montano happened and went, yeah. tilting us further into the darkest timeline. Uh, but <laughs> Nico back to Montana my – happened. Like, <laughs> but back to my original point, I think they've always liked – Cesaro was supposed to be in that inaugural flyweight title fight. And I think they've always – At MSG. At MSG. And I think they've always – like look, uh, seen her potential from that show and thought like, man, if she can get the weight right at at, uh, at 125, she could still get back to be a contender. She's bounced between. She's taken some fights at bantamweight. She's got a 500 record. I think she's seven and seven. Yeah. She's not the most super exciting fighter either, but she is a gamer. She does show up. They like that. Um, and I have a feeling if we're getting down to the brass tacks, probably not the most highest paid fighter. I don't think it's like... I don't think she's in a bracket that worries them about keeping her employed. Um, she, like, when, they, when they're doing their cuts and looking at their budget, oh, who do we, who should we cut this year? Uh, she's way out of that. She's way out of that range. She is not making a dent in their finances. So, I know that's kind of a cold-blooded way of looking at it. But if you're wondering if if Sajara Eubanks is still with the company by the end of the year, just remember what I just said there, and you'll you'll know why. Uh, the, the salary has a lot to do with it. So I don't know. I think this I think this could be the end. This, this to me is almost a bridge too far, but again, wouldn't surprise me because they've kept her around for, for quite a while. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they let her fight at 125 again. I mean, and it's it, dude, this sucks for Priscilla. Jeez, imagine big fight camp flying 14 hours from wherever she trains down in Brazil and just 
just show up and like ah all right <laughs> and she's on a win streak she's on a win streak she's looking to she's yeah. looking to you know get another shot of valentina yeah okay <laughs> uh do, 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 um we talked about we talked about this a little before but i think it's worth bringing up again is a different fight on the card that could have been the main event. To me, I would have put Kevin VR versus Raquel Pennington in the main event. A title shot against Amanda Nunes is on the line. Jad, do you agree with Joseph Bose's take here that Kevin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington should have been bumped up to the main event? No, because I have eyeballs and I don't want to have to gouge them out on Saturday. So uh, I would prefer that to not have happened. I do think it would be the most quote-unquote deserving uh, should this have played out because I don't know I guess that this is technically a true statement although I didn't really consider it but just because like to me Raquel Pennington should never get to fight Amanda Nunes again even though this would be her fifth win in a row that first fight was just it it erased any doubt we don't need to do that again we're we're good we're covered. Uh, it's the same thing was like, yeah, theoretically, Caitlin Chukagian, if she had beaten Manolf Hero, would deserve another shot at Valentina Shevchenko. But no one is confused about what will happen if she gets that. So why even bother? I Technically, if Pennington wins, she probably actually still will get one. 5-5 five, five win streak, and there is nobody else in this freaking division to give it to. Uh, but this is this fight always felt more like Vieira can get this one done. She's just next in line because who, who else is going? But yeah, I guess I it would have been fine to put it here, but I'm much happier with how things played out. So if Raquel Pennington, like, you know, Aldana's Vieira, you know, just one shots her, knocks her out. Do you, do you, at least Rocky be cooler. Gonna, yeah, it's cool. Is, is, is Rocky just one of those fighters – because she lost so decisively over over multiple rounds that there's just it's literally just impossible for her to get another title shot. Just based on I don't her. think it's impossible just because the division is so weak and a five fight win streak is like nobody has it. So just based on that and Nunez theoretically wanting to fight at some point, that just kind of will make her next in line. But that's News is going to be like a minus 1300 favorite and that's probably low it's just like why it, unless because the way her fights have gone since then have not given anybody any reason to be like ooh, pennington has made huge adjustments she's gotten better I'm not here to say she's the exact same fighter but she isn't blowing the doors off people you're like oh this can be substantively different it's just like yeah she's tweaked things she's tightened the springs a little bit She's not competing in the same sport as Amanda Nunes, so it's not going to matter when they fight, but she might just get to do it because there's nobody else. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not just the one fight against uh, uh, Nunes that's like being held against her. You also keep in mind she's not the most ex- – respectfully, not the most exciting fighter. I, I, I don't know if she's ever had no – No one in this division is exciting though, AK, except for uh, occasionally Amanda. Uh, Amanda Nunes is occasionally exciting. Josiane Nunes, if we get Josiane Nunes. I guess she – yeah, Josiane Nunes. There you go. Uh, she's she's the best. Um, but she doesn't fight enough yet. She will. She will. This will be the year of Josiane. But uh, – She's not the most exciting fighter, and it's not like she's a huge draw, and she's also not like, you know, she's not fire on the microphone. Again, it it sucks to say, because she wins fights. Listen, she's a good fighter who wins fights, but all these things that matter in combat sports 
like that gets you to title shots she just doesn't have that she has she has to win so many fights how she got her first title fight she won i think four straight fights so it's possible but they're just in no rush to to get her another title fight i don't know if fans are clamoring for it so she has just so much stacked up against her the matchmaker in me thinks that they're waiting just for the result of this fight um and what i mean by that is if viera wins she'll get the shot if pennington wins aldana gets the shot um, and then if something weird happens, Nunez will just fight like Norma Dumont at 145. Um, but if I think if Raquel wins, she doesn't get a title fight. I think she gets the fight that she's been wanting for many, many years, and she'll get the Juliana Pena fight. And that'll be the legit that, winner. That gets. fight would make more sense as a getting her a title fight. That because that's the yeah. other part of this, right? Like in her last title fight, she's she fought Misha Tate, and you're like, okay, if she wins this, she gets it. It doesn't, Kaylin Vieira, no disrespect, it does not feel like beating her is how you get a title fight. So that actually makes a lot of sense to me, Mike. All right. Let's keep going. What else we got? Uh, but poor Pennington, who beat Alba and is going to get jumped Friend over. of the show, Alex Wendling. What is that? Friend of the show. People follow Alex Wendling on Twitter. She's putting out great grappling content. She's she's, she's coming up in the grappling world. People always talk about the people and in the, the karate the, world, the karate combat and world. And the karate, karate combat world. But she herself, I mean, is doing grappling. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and doing great, great chronicling of her journey. People follow her because you're always saying, oh, us in the media, we don't know how to fight. Listen, we got 3025, 30, EKC Leiden over here. We got Alex Wendling uh, tearing up the jujitsu world. So uh, please give give her a follow on, on the uh, the social media. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, 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 uh, uh, let me talk about this. this that Phil Haas loss on Imovov's record makes me question what really is his hmm. ceiling. Thoughts? I mean, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that, Casey? I think if you actually watch the fight, the, it's not just. I mean, it was an. I mean, if fight could have gone to Imavov, I still, I still scored for Halls, and that, and that was like when Halls was. I was a still a really hot prospect. I know it's kind of cooled off, especially with the knee injury. He'll be out for a while right now, but that was an extremely close fight. And early, I think that was Imavov's maybe his first UFC fight or second UFC fight. Second. I just second. Yeah, I just take that as um. A a learning experience, and I think. Imovov is a much better fighter now, and um, yeah, that's it. I mean, um, how long ago was that? Like three years, two years? That was twenty February twenty twenty one. Oh, twenty twenty one. Oh, February. Almost two years now. Yeah, I'm looking so. at MMA MMA decisions. Also, almost everyone scored it for Haas. There were a couple draws, oh, yeah. and three people scored it for Imovov. The other the other problem with the way this is framed it, about the the question of the ceiling is. Uh, Look who your fucking middleweight champion of the world is. Phil Hawes could absolutely tackle Alex Pereira to the ground in a 15-minute fight three times and hold him down. It's a 100% a viable thing could happen to the current champion of the weight class. Like that's – and because that, that's really what happened. Phil Hawes is a damn good wrestler and Imovov couldn't cope. Like I'm sure he's getting better. He's still young. He's improving. But like of all the weight classes in the sport – middleweight is probably the one where you can get by the most without having to wrestle just because of the current construction of the top of the weight class yeah yeah so yeah. Like, if uh, you can dodge Derek brunson like you're mostly pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and robert whitaker is the other guy who can do it all but like 
it's pretty easy to construct a path up this weight class without having to fight a guy who's going to tackle you a bunch. Okie dokie. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, quick thoughts on one on Prime tonight. So uh, are there thoughts. MMA? Oh, no, it's not it's, MMA tonight. It's, like well, no, it's, there's, it's kickboxing tonight. Oh, it's kickboxing. Um, it is theoretically very good. I think the kickboxing's tonight and the thing, the other one's tomorrow because then they usually do the two thing. It's a super bond fight tonight, um, yeah. which is sick. That's a hell of a kickboxing fight. Um, but that's it. I Stamp got, is I don't fighting. Know. Stamp is fighting, by the way, for anyone who's Stamp is fighting. Yeah, very unfortunate. We don't know what happened to her uh, originally scheduled opponent, but she uh, stepping in on short notice. Anna Jerun Sock. So I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't. I'm, I'm not familiar with. Uh, Ooh, Alan Song's fighting. Didn't know. Uh, Alan Song's fighting. Gary Tonnen's fighting. That's always interesting. So there's there's names on here for even the more casual sort of viewers. There's definitely names that kind of pop out at you that you might recognize. But I, I saw a lot of people asking if uh, if Stamp was going to stay in the card. I didn't know she was because this was yesterday that the ones. Uh, well, I should. I, know. I was going to blame their weight cutting dehydration thing, but we, again, we don't actually know why uh, Anissa Anissa Mexican. Excuse me, I should have. <laughs> <laughs> Anissa Mexen was supposed to be uh, Stamps' huh? opponent. And people, that was going to be a really, really fun fight to watch. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Anissa could not make it. So we don't know. I, I, I don't know if it has anything to do with the, the weight thing. They did have some other people miss. Some of these fights are now taking place at catch weights. Um, but yeah, not a bad, not a bad card. Uh, definitely. One, if, hey, listen, you guys got I your Amazon it. Prime. Load it up. What else are you doing? Looks like straight up uh, kickboxing in a cage still feels weird to me whenever I watch it. <laughs> and I'm not like – I'm by no means a huge kickboxing guy, but you're talking two of the actual five best kickboxers in the world are fighting tonight. It it, it really doesn't get better in that sport than, than what one is doing on Friday night. So uh, if you're inclined to watch fights that aren't mixed martial arts, if you don't like the mixing of the martial arts, Amazon Prime tonight, tune in. <laughs> Awesome. Um, thanks. No, thanks for reminding me about that. I kind of forgot about that card, even though I, I remember looking at it early this week. Going, and that's a see? giant problem, Casey, that yeah. you didn't even know that. This I, I, I love well, kickboxing. How did, I love kickboxing. How did you forget, though? It. See, here's the thing. The one has actually done a very good job of making me remember shit like this because it's on Amazon. So if I'm on Amazon, the banners come up. Or if I'm on like Amazon T Prime on my television or my Fire TV turns on, I keep seeing it. So I'm like, oh, I know this one. That's This is like where Bellator fails the hardest. There is nothing in my life that reminds me ever about a Bellator event outside of me being on Tapology. The only reason I remember this fight is because of the weight the 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 weigh-in issues actually it's always, the, always the, the most fun yeah it's always the most fun. like what yeah weigh-in issues are the way to bring attention to a card for sure <laughs> um anything else we good last question last question here we All go right. Uh, what does Mike's dog think? I don't know what he think he's thinking because he's in he's in the house. He's out of Command Center 4.0 right now because every show that I've done in 2023, the dog has barked at least once. Every single one. Those, those dogs are barking. And he's like yeah. – he, he barks but he's never – he's now discovering his voice more and more 
and he just like if the wind blows outside that's a very poetic way to put that you, yeah he's found his <laughs> voice he's, his confidence is there because like discovering even, his voice yeah he's i think he's confident that like he's gonna stay here because he's got super abandonment issues which is uh, i don't know why anybody would get rid of this dog but um now he just barks at everything like you do you anything Mike, do you know why he's so excited? I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this here because people may not have listened to our buy sell prediction. Show. I mean, I think everyone listens to our buy sell prediction. <laughs> but anyone who might have missed it, I made a de- declaration about the flyweight division. Who would be the champion by the end of 2023? I think it's the year of the raw dog. I I, I am I have said I was so I think proud of you for that. Somehow yeah, I feel like Brandon Royval is gonna sneak in there. So I think your dog is super excited. I think that's what it is. We're starting 2023 off on the right note, and let's just say it now. On the first preview show, uh, the first UFC preview show of the year, let, let let me just double down and say this could be the year of the raw dog. It could be look, the Georgia Bulldogs won the natty, so year of the go. dog, we we could just be kicking it off right here. Oh maybe maybe. All right. Well, there's the music. All right. So thank you very much. First preview show of the year is in the books, knocking off the old rust. And we'll be back tomorrow for the first people's pre-fight show of 2023. 3.30 Eastern, I think, is the plan. Maybe it'll be four if they push the start of the, the card back now that we lost a fight. But we'll let you know. We'll let you know. And then Jose Youngs is actually going to be in the building tomorrow. So we'll have on-site coverage as well so we'll see you tomorrow and then of course ak and i will be back on sunday for some matchmaking there's the shirt i still haven't got one yet my wife has one my son has one but they don't have one in my size and i really want a shirt (laughs) it's unbelievable uh so for casey thank you jed ak i am mike heck appreciate you watching and listening just getting zooming in look at that look look at that thread Good night, everybody. Look at that high thread count. <laughs> so soft, so comfortable. Happy birthday, AK. Weirdo. Is that your t- it looks like a couch. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.